Mateo, can I come in? God, it's dark in here. Need to open a window or something. It's podcast time. Come on, get your shit together. New year, new episode. Oh, I'm not in the mood. Swing it, shake it, move it, make it. Who do you think you are? Come on, gloomy guts. I can't face it. I'd rather just stay here, lie in bed, and listen to these screeching violins. What are you listening to? Uh, classical FM or something. Sounds like hell on earth. Uh, no it doesn't. No wonder you're not in the mood. Here, let me switch it up. Get the juices flowing. Find the right flavour. Bit of je ne sais quoi. I don't know what... Yeah. ...you're talking about. Not helping. Sorry, too big. Ah, oh, quite like this. Nah, too lovey dovey. Ah, oh, okay, yeah, now I'm feeling it. Who are you, Goldilocks? We're close, I reckon. You're almost there. One more. You are kidding. Now we're talking. Let's turn it up. But what about the intro? What? What intro? I'm Teo. You're Ben. Yada yada. Forget the intro. Let's just kill some stuff. Yeah, right? I love violence. Woo-wee. That was intense. Yes, it was. But time to keep it real. I am Ben. And I am Teo. And this is, of course, Pixel, Pixel Vision. Vision. So, Teoman, what did you think? What did I think of Doom Eternal? Yeah. I liked it more than I thought I was going to like it after playing it for an hour i thought you were gonna say um i liked it more on paper i don't know why i thought i was gonna like it because when we said we were gonna play the game at the end of the last episode i was like yeah i can't wait to play the first person shooter it's gonna be really fun and i started playing it and i was like wait i hardly ever play first person shooters and then i was like i definitely don't play first person shooters like this and then i thought actually i've never even played a doom game before why was i looking forward to this so much maybe it's because i've never played a doom game before i thought it'd be like well, something new, I suppose. Well, not new, because the original Doom was 1993, I think. Mm. MS-DOS. <laughs> yeah. But this is actually the fifth main game in the Doom series. So it's new in the sense that the original sequel, if that is a way of phrasing it, was 2016. Yeah. And this is 2020, March. Actually, the Switch versions are literally just fresh out. So it's new in that regard. Not what you meant by new in the first person genre. What did I mean by new? You were listening to me speak. <laughs> what? Oh, new for me. But the game isn't new. But the game is new. But the brand is not new. No, sure. <laughs> the franchise is very much not new. Yeah. Okay, but you also said you're not sure why you thought you were going to like it. I've got some suggestions for why you might have thought you might like it. Mm-hmm. One, Halo's probably one of your favourite games of all time, and it's a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. Two, fucking everyone and their dog, and their cat, maybe, 
love this game. Mm. It's highly regarded on pretty much every platform that it could be reviewed upon. It's got five stars or four stars or nine out of ten or nine and a half out of ten or whatever else. Yeah. And it's been nominated for a ton of awards, including best action game, game of the year, best score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's quite a few reasons why you might have thought you would like it. I think that's why. I think I'd read a lot about it beforehand. I definitely read a lot about the one before this. I read some like really glowing reviews by video games journalists that I think are good. I'd also played it a little bit at a friend's house. Wait, Doom Eternal or the original or the Doom 2016? The, the, what the heck? What's the word for when you like resurrect a thing, but call it just its original name? I mean, I'm leaning for Revenant, but I know that isn't the word you're after. I ain't afraid to die anymore. I've done it already. No, it's not, but it's not resurrect and it's not re-release either. It's like... Relaunch? Ah, I don't know. Relaunch. Yeah, it's, it is a relaunch, isn't it? Remake? It's a remake. Remake. The Doom remake. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Retelling, reimagining. But I was playing that on the couch with my friends and like we were passing the controller between us. So there was quite a social vibe to it. Ooh, this doesn't sound like it was recent. <laughs> it does not sound like it was recent, does it? Anyway, I'm going to do my tone monologue to let everyone know a little bit about the game that we've been playing. It's Doom Eternal, sequel to the Doom remake, which came out in 2016. First-person shooter, very, very fast-paced. There's a lot of enemies on the screen at any one time. And I'm going to call it not quite an arena shooter, because although there are a few little corridors and stuff, it's not like Half-Life where you're creeping through loads of vents and stuff. Most of the battles in it almost feel like set-piece battles, which you have to complete to get to the next set-piece battle. And you won't get a checkpoint until after you've completed it, so each battle feels like its own self-contained challenge. And I use the word challenge on purpose, I think, because the game feels very arcadey. It's very, very knowing in its use of game tropes like challenges and equipment upgrades uh, and things like that even like the codex like everything about it is so gamey and arcadey even its aesthetic oh yeah of course like the little secrets you find little toys literal cheat code discs which you can use in each level it's very knowingly gamey in its aesthetic i guess referencing the old games as well didn't even say anything about the story hell is invading earth and you're there to stop it <laughs> Yeah, as the Doom Slayer, with his helmet on, not much else, but tanked to shit. Ripped, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, I think it's pretty much a fair summary. I would say, oh my god, you said it was fast. It's fucking lightning fast. Yeah. When I first started playing it, I honestly think I had a headache within about five minutes. Because... <laughs> I also didn't mention the music, which we will definitely get onto, hence the intro. Mm. That music is so intense. It makes you feel like your head's about to explode in seconds. And yeah, I think I shared maybe your reaction briefly of being like, this baby isn't what I thought it was going to be. Like, actually, I'm struggling with this. It's just too much, too fast, too gory. Jesus, I felt like I'd taken some sort of drug. Mm. But... Then I adjusted. <laughs> I rapidly desensitized myself to like the punctured eyeballs and the heads being lopped off and limbs going flying and blood everywhere. Mm. And 
the pace of the game, it's almost like turning your sensitivity up to 10 on Halo or something. Initially, every time you turn, you just spin around, but then you just adjust and you find it kind of natural, actually, and quite flowing and fast-paced and, like, quite twitch-reactive. And the maps were brilliant. Like, you're right, they are arenas, but in terms of the way they're laid out, like, there's so many dimensions to them. There's sort of three or four tiers to every single map. And the manoeuvrability in the game is, oh God, it's just like super fluid, basically, isn't it? Yeah, my favourite part of the game was actually the jumping puzzles. <laughs> I, I really, really enjoyed doing the jumping puzzles. Really? Yeah, I, I thought they were, I thought they were excellent for the most part. And like you say, like you grab onto beams, I suppose, swing on them, swing from beam to beam, and then also grab onto walls and crawl up walls. And they pretty much use those two mechanics to set up every jumping puzzle in the game. But each one feels like fresh and all the more welcome for them punctuating these big arena battles so it feels like a nice little calming section before the next like intense bout of combat yeah well i mean it is very old school in that regard isn't it i mean so you've got this chainsaw right one of your weapons is just a chainsaw (laughs) and there's just fuel for it lying around in almost everywhere that you go (laughs) yeah earth doesn't resemble earth at all in any way shape or form (laughs) it more resembles sort of mars in fact i think you're on mars briefly at one point as well like this is the kind of thing that this game does like it doesn't make any effort to do realism and after playing death stranding and games like it God, I found that so refreshing. Like, I honestly just thought it was great that, oh, look, there's just a power-up in the middle of the field. I'll race to it and get it. Half the time, I didn't know what it even did. Just blurred my screen a bit, and maybe I moved faster, but I was already moving so goddamn fast, I wasn't sure. (laughs) And, like, armour lying around. like Yeah, yeah. Extra lives, like, literal extra lives that you can pick up. Yeah, exactly. Which means you don't go straight back to the checkpoint. Yeah, like, it's so video gamey. And so it makes sense that when you start, it's like... Okay, here's an arena, here's loads of things to kill. Oh, now you finish that battle, how do you get to the next arena? And then it strings it together with a bizarre puzzle of crazy booby traps that you have to avoid. It's funny that you said you like that bit the most, though, because it makes me think of a tweet that I saw on our uh, Twitter account, twitter.com forward slash pixelviz, <laughs> where uh, someone had put Doom Eternal more like eternally falling to my doom Mm, there were a few bits where i fell to my doom yeah i thought man echoes of that while i was playing it i was definitely getting a little bit frustrated but not enough that when i pulled it off i wasn't like yes fucking yes i nailed it kind of thing which is what you want from like a bit of challenge but not sort of stupid from soft level yeah yeah like there are a few bits where it's not super obvious where the next jump needs to be to and like that was annoying you can crawl up walls which only have this sort of like <laughs> ridiculous like marks which mean you can crawl up not any wall no 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 just this, these special sections like velcro <laughs> yeah like velcro bits there's one where it's like really hidden and it's just not at all obvious yeah but for the most part they're really enjoyable but the funny thing is though man like at least in this game when it does that again it doesn't try and blend it to the environment it's just like yeah for some reason that bit of wall is just a different texture whereas like in a game like tomb raider or Darksiders or something like that or even like God of War like you'll often see it dressed up as like oh there's some vines crawling up that cliff Mm. there's muddy bit of texture on an otherwise slippery bit of rock or something like that which it just you know when you look at it that it's just a gaming mechanic so in some ways trying to disguise it in camo just doesn't work yeah definitely I mean loads of games do that with ledges they try and put a little subtle sort of like 
yellow paint <laughs> yeah, like the yellow. on the ledges. Why, why yellow? What is that game? Is that Uncharted or something? I don't know. I haven't played Uncharted, so I wouldn't be that. But I mean, it's definitely a trope. Like, it happens all the time in games. And it's like, well, that's not, <laughs> that's not realistic. You made it look realistic, but... There isn't yellow paint on anything else. I reckon it's because they're making the gaming worlds in general so photorealistic and high def. And so to draw attention to the bits that you can actually interact with, they just have to whap a bit of yellow highlighter on, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> there's a disconnect between like the realism they can achieve in terms of game mechanics and the realism they can achieve in graphical fidelity. And so something has to give there, I suppose. You're someone who loves uh, fast sensitivity. Mm. Did you just fit right in or were you immediately adjusting and thinking, oh God, I wish I could slow this down? I did find it a little bit, not too easy. I suppose I did find it too easy. Like it was repetitive for me, like really repetitive. One of the key mechanics in the game, like Ben mentioned the chainsaw. So you use your chainsaw to get armor. You also use this system called glory kills on enemies to get health. So once they're weakened, you click your um, thumbstick button down and you like kill them in a really gory way and then they drop health. You don't, sorry to interrupt, you don't get armor from chainsaw. That's instead of reload. Good. You get armor from setting them on fire with your flame belt, which is just a flamethrower you're carrying around. Cool. It's a bad idea. It's dangerous. It's wrong. <laughs> Don't buy it. How many did you make? 20,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're totally correct. So yeah, armor from flamethrower, health from glory kills, ammo from chainsaw. That's like the three main things. Yeah. But wait, wait, just before you move on though, what do you think of that as like a radical departure? So you said you thought this would be something new. That's pretty new. Mm. There's no reload button. You just have to reload by chopping some people up. Yeah, yeah. If you want to power up your armor, you need to just set some folks on fire. Otherwise, no armor for you kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I did enjoy that. That was cool. It really made me use all of those mechanics. Like none of those were superfluous, really, especially towards the middle of the game. Like I had to be setting people on fire all the time. Mm. You can't play it like Halo which is very much uh, shoot out from behind the corner, kill a few people, wait for your shield to regenerate, pop out again, shoot a few people. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's no iron sights, is there, in this? So, like, some of the mods introduce iron sights, but generally mm. you can literally just, with your thumbstick, moves the barrel of the gun. There's no scoping at all. Yeah, and if you run away, you're more likely to die than if you charge in. So in that sense, it definitely achieves its objective in making you play in the way that it wants you to play. And for that, I salute it. However, the actual, like, gunplay and shooting in the game, I just found it repetitive. I just found it really repetitive. It did win me over towards... The, like, at the, for the first three hours of the game, I was like, I'm annoyed that I have to play this game. I'm finding it so boring. Then once you unlock all the guns and all of the modifications, I did find more satisfaction in it. But still, yeah, like, I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. I didn't find it super fun. That's a shame. The guns themselves are pretty innovative because it's not just the chainsaw. You've also got like crossbow. Well, it's kind of like a crossbow, but it shoots this like, it's almost like a beam of light sort of thing. It's basically a railgun type thing. Yeah, it's like a laser ballista. Yeah. In fact, the weapon it reminds me the most of is from Dead Space. Did you ever play mm, that sci-fi where yeah. you've got those spinning blades that like shoot out from that thing? Fuck, I love that weapon mm. and that game. Jesus, Calm man. down. I'll cut Help you out me. of there. Is that a tissue laser? A plasma cutter? Now there's a franchise they should remake. 
Yeah. But anyway, the weapons themselves, there's like rocket launchers. There's too many weapons though, aren't there? Because I think you can get about nine or however many slots there are on your thumbstick. Eight, yeah. Yeah, why the fuck would it be nine? That was bad. (laughs) You can get, yeah, eight. But you're only ever really going to use, you're going to find your favourites, aren't you? And then you get into a routine. And I think that is where you find repetition, is once you pick your favourites, like for me, all about shotty, definitely. I really enjoyed swapping over to that sort of sniper rifle thing that isn't called a sniper rifle. Hmm. Sometimes I think maybe I should make more notes and remember the names of the weapons, you know, instead (laughs) of just describing them in these abstract gamer terms. I actually did use most of the weapons because I found myself, maybe it was the way I played, but I found myself running out of ammo quite often. So I would have my favourites, but then I'd be running out of ammo. So by the time I was like really out of ammo, I was using the weapons I hated. That was quite nice, even though I was annoyed. It was still like, (laughs) I'm glad I'm being forced to use these. Yeah, I do know what you mean. But some of the weapons share ammo, I think, as well. Certainly the shotgun and the super shotgun does. Yeah, well, so each weapon has two modes, doesn't it? Mm. So, for instance, the shotgun, you can alternate between... I mean, first of all, there's a shotgun and a super shotgun. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Because a super shotgun has, like, three barrels. That bit is so random. When you get your super shotgun and your computer AI friend, Vega, is like, they've been holding a relic from your past. Now you must go and reclaim it. Your super shotgun is nearby. A relic from your past. The priests have kept it hidden from you in this remote location. And then you kind of go through this facility and, like, embody one of the... um, one of the, these revenant demons it's the only time in the game where this happens like mind flaying or something and it makes you look like it's going to be a mechanic I think it's a mechanic in the multiplayer which I didn't play but anyway it makes you seem like it's going to be a mechanic elsewhere in the campaign where you take control of the demon it like shows you how to use all the controls and stuff only time it happens <laughs> to get <laughs> to get this shotgun which I never even used yeah that was jokes neural connection successful you are now in control of the revenant drone you may use it to reclaim your property what, you didn't use that shotgun? I know, I, I didn't get it. Because I, I, I use sticky bombs. Sticky bombs are my favourite. Yeah, I like the sticky bombs as well. They were good. I definitely got that unlockable that when you get mastery, mm. you can fire five in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To reload. That was sweet. Yeah, but this is the thing. So, like, each gun comes with a secondary mode. It comes with two different mods that you can choose between. Even grenades have two different mods. Mm. You'll have to manually toggle the launcher fire either ice bombs or frag grenades. All right, look, I'm not trying to pretend it's reinvented the wheel here. I'm just saying what it's done. It's done really, really well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. And so, like, if you frost people, they obviously freeze for a set duration. As I'm saying it, it's sounding a lot less original with each utterance. (laughs) But then you get further unlockables that mean that when someone's frozen, you can, like, combo it. So if you smash them with the thunder punch or whatever it's called glory punch glory kill then it generates more armor or health like there's these kind of layering of mechanics so it's not that each individual weapon starts perfectly formed and really really versatile but as you play through the game and you choose which sort of there's a sort of loose talent tree yeah you choose which unlockables you're going to go for which is quite hard decision-making, and it doesn't really matter because by about midway through the game, you've got almost all of them, right? Yeah, and it does feel relevant. Like, every time I upgraded a weapon, it wasn't, like, 1% increase in this. Like, it's something like Borderlands comes to mind for, for this sort of bullshit. <laughs> it's like you don't notice any difference in your character until you're, like, level 50 or whatever. But anyway, not, that's a bit harsh. The moral is, you're a total bitch. 
But that, I think that's good levelling up, though. That's like... like I wouldn't usually say Borderlands is good levelling up, but I think that, in general, if the upgrades are incremental enough that they make a difference to your gameplay... Like, if you ever play one of those games where you then restart for whatever reason... And you're like, oh my god, my character's so sluggish. He can barely jump at all. It's like a knee-high little flimsy thing. And like the only weapon he can carry is this crap sword. And then you go back to your other player and he's like fucking sprinting about the map and teleporting and like feels like mm. totally overwhelming. But you don't notice that happen. It's not like suddenly you go in these huge jumps. And I, I quite like that. Yeah, no, I like that as well. And I think this game did do that really well. I always felt on the... <sighs> I said I found it easy, so this might feel a bit hypocritical. But, like, there were certain arenas where, like, I had to try them two or three times before I complete them. It wasn't like I completely breezed through every single encounter. Yeah, although, mate, saying to yourself, oh, I've said it's difficult or easy or whatever, two or three times. Two or three times. Mate, I repeated some of those arenas fucking tons of times. Really? And the boss battles, they were lethal. On two of the boss battles... Which I'm not even sure how many boss there are, but it doesn't feel like there's a lot. But on two of them, presumably on all of them, they give you an option to actually... It's called, like, Super Armor or something. I can't remember what it's called. Sentinel Armor, yeah. I did get that option on the second boss. Yeah, Sentinel Armor. And when you get that, initially I was like, oh, I don't know whether I I feel like it's failure. But then it said it doesn't affect plot progression or any other part of the game. And I thought, yeah, do you know what? Fuck it, I'll use the Sentinel Armor. And it was still, like a tough battle it wasn't the easiest battle in the world as soon as you pick up sentinel armor mainly just because they're so prolonged those boss battles aren't they how much older are you than me bad are we experiencing the sort of like you know like only pro gamers can be a certain age no i'm not young but have have you like properly turned over the edge of hand-eye coordination and reflex (laughs) (laughs) let me tell you something i haven't even begun to peak and when i do peak you'll know because i'm gonna peak so hard that everybody in Philadelphia is going to feel it. I'm in my prime. Well, the thing is, mate, I felt in every single area, I was absolutely on top of it. Like I said at the beginning, like the maneuverability, the fluidity, like all the mechanics interacting with one another. One second you're in there, like using your hook to get right in there, flame someone, get what you need, get back out. You've got to constantly keep moving. And I felt absolutely streamlined in the sort of general tunnels that you're exploring but then they throw a boss at you and fuck me those guys are absolute bullet sponges which is saying something because everything is a bullet sponge in this game this leads quite nicely onto a question that i was really looking forward to asking you which was how did you put 35 hours into the game it only took me 14 hours to complete (laughs) what were you doing for 35 hours i was basing that on the time it tells you i was in game in epic so there's a good chance that I just left it running or something. When I saw that, and like before the pod, I asked Ben, like, this is at the stage where I was still quite bored with it and worried that I'd have to play it for 35 hours to complete it. But I looked on howlongtobeat.com and it was 30 and a half, and I felt like I was on track for that. And sure enough, like, that was spot on for me. But then I thought, did you get really into it and, like, complete it twice? Because you can go back and 100% every level, and then there's a multiplayer 2v1 mode as well. No, I definitely didn't do that, sorry. I did get really into it, but not that level. Hmm. When I finished, I was kind of, like, happy to be finished, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'd had a great experience, but, you know, when you've had a good time on a roller coaster, you don't want to just stay on a fucking roller coaster all day long, do you? You want to get off? Yeah, there. That's fair. Was <laughs> that for a shit banality? <laughs> 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 was that? For, for a shit analogy, 
I love it. That was great. An off-the-cuff analogy. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that because we didn't get one last time. I forgot to prompt you for a bit. Oh, it's not going to be every time, mate. I just like drop them in, you know. Whip them out. Like salt and pepper, a little bit of spice or whatever. Okay, all right. Nice. Actually, salt and peppers and everything. Isn't it? Yeah, no. By the time I got to the end of the game, because the last boss, I swear, literally, I did it first time. It still took about 45 minutes. No! Maybe because I was being careful. And I just thought, like, if I die, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> you did the last boss first time. Yes, swear to God. I mean, I feel like, I don't know whether maybe my reflexes are getting worse as I get older. Or did you play it on normal or on easy? Yeah, I started I feel it. like you played it on like super easy with central armor on every boss by automatically or some shit. No, I started it feeling cocky on a harder difficulty level <laughs> and then put it down to normal after a few missions. Mister, it was too easy. Well, no, I thought this is taking me, this is actually really hard. <laughs> That definitely is hard. And I thought, this is taking me a long time. I do just want to complete this game. I don't want to do lots of repeats. So yeah, I put it down to normal. I will check mm. that though, just in case. But I did complete it in the average that it takes to complete it. So it kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, it's funny because there's a trade-off, I think, when you're fighting battles between having a long enough battle. So this is kind of the age-old argument of like Call of Duty, take Halo, time to kill, which is the big time Halo about players will play Call of Duty and be like, whoever sees whoever first fucking wins. Mm -hmm. And Call of Duty players will play Halo and say, you see someone and they're just an absolute bullet sponge. They just won't drop kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I like in a game when the TTK is long enough that you can appraise your tactics once you've been shot or reappraise your tactics once you've been shot and change up how you're approaching that battle. But not so long that I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm still in this battle. I was planning on going to the shop or like, <laughs> I said I'd be five minutes before this other thing or whatever, you know. And most of the battles that you get into in Doom Eternal, they kick off and you can resolve them within a couple of minutes, no problem. But the boss battles, Jesus Christ, it's like playing a new game. <laughs> They're just so long. But did you not find that then? Because you said 45 minutes for the final boss and you beat him first time. That's what it felt like. Maybe it was more like half an hour, but it felt really, really long, especially the final stage, because it's not clear. Spoilers don't matter, do they? You're shooting something. <laughs> Spoiler, you're shooting something. Yeah, you're shooting stuff. There are no spoilers. We will get onto the lore, though, because curiously enough, I did literally read all of the lore <laughs> for the game. What, while you were playing it? No, afterwards, I was like, what is really going on here? And I went on the wiki and, like, digested the entire codex. Oh, nice. Well, you can you can fill us in on that later. But going back to this final boss battle, which is really long, it's because I was being so careful, and I think this is maybe where the Dark Souls training came in handy for the bosses, because they're not to be rushed, I don't think. Like, you do have to take your time, be careful about where they're, like, putting their AoE attacks so that you don't just get burnt alive on the ground. Be aware of where the little enemies are spawning so that you can recharge your armour and health off them. I think the bosses just require quite a lot of patience. I mean... Clearly, if it takes you fucking 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, that final boss battle, I just didn't really enjoy that much. And as soon as they gave me Sentinel Armour, I was like, oh, thank God. Took it, still took me a while to just down them. 
I'm trying to think whether it was the final boss battle that was the worst one. Because the worst one was actually that fucking flying angel yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, she was the worst. The worst! She is the worst person in the world. God damn. She was the worst. Who are you? A human. Once a mortal. To defy our traditions. Flies all over the shop, then sets fire to the ground. What did I tell you, huh? The worst! She's the worst in the world. She's sending these, like, sort of weird statue people at you. Yeah. Whose head pop like confetti, which is pleasant, isn't it? Isn't that satisfying when you pop the head of the weird statue thing? <laughs> yeah, that is. Same as the grunts in Halo when you put, like, the, the special party skull on. <laughs> yeah, it is, actually. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, I, I, I did not find the bosses enjoyable. Don't get me wrong. I found them quite tedious. But the weird thing is, because there are four demon types, right? And mm. I can't remember what they're called. Classic. One of them's called fodder. fodder. One of them's super... Super heavy. Super heavy or super, super? Could be super, super. <laughs> it's, it's not sounding right, is it? It's sounding more like an advert for... Chicken, chicken nuggets. Soup. <laughs> There's a time and a place for cup of soup. This is not it. Hey, yeah, someone that listened to the podcast <laughs> mentioned to me that we missed a trick with not referencing KFC's new console. chicken warmer console at the same time as we were covering Kentucky Route Zero. Yeah, that's true, actually. <laughs> but I think we actually recorded that pre-KFC Did console. We? Did we? Yeah, I'm not totally confident of that. But I certainly only started seeing the memes pop up since doing Kentucky Route Zero. Yeah. And we could have referenced it in the corporate branding of Death Stranding. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> rhyming. Oh, and he didn't know it. Uh, anyway, where were we at? So four types of demon, yeah. And the biggest ones are kind of like mini bosses, aren't they? Mm -hmm. They've got their own tactics that you need to do in order to defeat them, in order to take them down. Mm. And so I quite like that. Mm. Like those bosses that are like not really bosses, sort of mini bosses, I quite liked. They had just the right amount of figuring out what the tactics were and then being able to nail it. And every time you meet one, just deliver that tactic. Mm. It's super satisfying. They made some encounters very, very intense as well, because maybe they turn up right at the end of the encounter. So it felt like, well, if I don't defeat this, then I'll have to go right back to the start. And I actually thought you might have found that a little bit frustrating, the repetitiveness of it. But I guess if the gameplay was engaging enough, then... I feel like at this stage, you're just like, I oh, know you struggle. It's like I'm in a special needs class of gaming. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like you're the really slick gamer who's like, yeah, yeah, I just kind of nailed it. And this is the backstory. And I read all the lore. And I'm the one that's like, it was so big and flashy. <laughs> sure, Grandpa. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> For the record, everyone, Ben is an excellent Halo player. So just credit where credit's due. And gamer in general, I'll, I'll take. Yeah, but I think it's just that I'm more honest. I'm less, like, repressed, you know? So when we come on the podcast, I open myself to our audience. Not in that way, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, your, your heart. You open up your heart. Yeah. But maybe also, because I've been playing regular Halo 3, uh, not obsessive, but just, like, one evening a week, most weeks, I'll have a good session on Halo 3. Maybe that just means I'm, like, more in form? Who knows? I feel like we're talking about it like we're great athletes. Like, yeah, I've just managed to maintain my practice regimen. <laughs> I, think, I think there's some truth to that. Mm. 
Not sure that there is. Not sure that there is. All right, fair. Fair. <laughs> you were never one of us. You were nothing but a usurper. A false idol. My eyes have been open. Let me help you to see Slayer. Some of the tactics to take down bosses include... You need to use plasma weapons to pop shields. You need to use sticky grenades to pop off like attacky weapons Mm -hmm. from big spider things or from like the Pac-Man orb thing that like drifts towards you. Mm -hmm. What are some of the other tactics? Come on, keep it rolling, Tay. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant example. This is a man who never uses tactics. (laughs) We already no no the tactics are in the fact that you have to use all the equipment at your disposal. So we didn't explicitly say it, but the flamer and the blood punch—that's what it's called. They recharge as you're playing, and so you have to remember to use them. So partly it's kind of what's that game where it's like bop it, twist it. It felt a little bit like that. Like I had to remember to like, oh, I've got to bop it. Got to twist it. Yeah. I think it's called bop it. Is it? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good branding. I knew the name even though I didn't know the name. Yeah. We've digressed. <laughs> We've digressed. Keep us on track. Keep us on track. Yeah. So that's that's the tactic, isn't it? The tactic is your presence of mind in this incredibly, like we don't want to undersell like how many enemies are on the screen at one time. <laughs> yeah. How not overwhelming, like it, 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 it's constantly more coming. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a word for that. <laughs> the word that means constantly more are coming. <laughs> yeah, there are fucking tons and tons. There are hordes of things on screen assaulting you concurrently. Yeah, so there's no there's no pause during a battle, which is again another reason why I like the jumping sequences. So it means that you have to have the presence of mind. It sounds basic when you say it out loud, but you have to have the presence of mind to like tap Y at the right time so that you flame a good number of enemies so that they drop like the most amount of armor and then to finish them off at the right time collect it all up Mm -hmm. yeah and when you do the glory punch as well your or whatever it's called glory kill that's essentially an execution animation isn't it Mm. yeah so the creature that you've lowered its health or you've popped its shield or whatever else it'll start flashing orange and blue is it orange and blue the hollywood colors it is oh it is it is and if you're quick you thrust over to them because you got a thruster as well and immediately carry out the execution but if you're the other side of the map when they do that it can be a bit annoying and one of the upgrades you can get one of the perks is to um sustain the amount of time that they're flashing for so you've got a slightly longer window of opportunity to carry out that kill or a rune which uh, makes the glory kills faster which means that maybe you'll be able to get more glory kills in. Or, the reason I used it, so that I didn't have to watch them for as long. (laughs) Because you're going to be doing it a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But didn't you get a sort of weirdly visceral satisfaction from watching people's arteries explode repeatedly? Well, not people's, I should stress, actually, because that would be violent and nasty. Whereas these guys are fucking demons from hell. Oh, yeah. So This brings me on to an interesting uh, bit of political commentary for the game, if you want to hear it. Oh, here we go. It was actually something which I which didn't really ring true with me. So a little bit of the backstory for the game. So on the face of it, hell's invading Earth. But what's actually happening is that there's been a pact between two different dimensions. The one dimension, hell, which just wants to, like 
destroy all other dimensions in the whole universe and this other dimension which wants to i'm going to say live forever and so the way that this dimension is found to live forever is to essentially make a pact with hell so that hell goes and consumes planets comes and tortures people in hell breaks their souls when their soul is broken it releases some energy and then they're using that energy to live forever that's the story hmm. but one of the ways in which they've managed to subdue earth is by like taking control of the government and making everyone think that the invasion is a good thing and so the phrase that they use for demons is mortally challenged so what did you think <laughs> of that phrase well first of all i feel like that's a different game <laughs> I don't think I got any of that from my playthrough. At most, I got there were demons invading from hell and I was just trying to kill them. That was pretty much what I got. And I'm not going to lie, of all the things I loved about the game, story isn't up there. The whole setting isn't really my bag. I don't really like dismembered limbs and stuff. Not in real life and not in games. I find it just excessive gore, distasteful in general. Mm -hmm. And actually, unless it's done kind of artistically, like I would venture that it was in Walson, for instance. Um, <laughs> That's so generous. That's ludicrously generous. Anyway, a the aesthetic is often similar. It's very gothic, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Like there's a room where you go in and um, it's lined with prison cells and the prisons are rammed full of like zombie demon things with their arms through the bars, like there. The fortress in which you live is like... Yeah, it's like a gothic castle from the fucking medieval era. It's very Space Marines, Warhammer 40k, Battlefleet Gothic. Don't know if you've ever involved yourself in any of those things. Probably for the best if you haven't. <laughs> Sorry, anyone that likes Warhammer. <laughs> oh yeah, I was just like, oh, burn, you just screwed us. <laughs> It's like half our audience just turning off right there. Oh, come on. It's a, it's a thing. It's a joke. Hate mail can be directed to Teo at <laughs> twitter.com forward slash pixelfears. Anyway, mortally challenged. So did you notice that phrase being used? I didn't. Okay. But what does it make you think of? Um, vertically challenged. <laughs> vertically challenged. All right. Okay. Fair enough. It makes me think, especially in the position which it's used, like, uh, what are some other phrases? Uh, the melting pot of earth. Like the melting pot of earth is welcome to all creatures of the universe, even the mortally challenged. It sounds like you could replace mortally challenged with mentally challenged. And then you're essentially equating people with disabilities to demons. That was literally my reaction to it. And once I'd thought of that, I just thought like, I tried my hardest to come up with a way, a frame in which the game could redeem that take, but I couldn't. <laughs> like I literally couldn't. But mate, that is depraved. I'm not being funny, but like that just wouldn't have occurred to me. And I worry that that occurred to you. Why would you think that the entire game would be a metaphor for destroying... No, no. What are you getting at? I wouldn't go that far. I think it's just that particular... Because that's only a really small bit. I've got to make that clear. Like, the wider story doesn't hint at that in, in any way at all. Yeah, I mean, I didn't rub against the term mortally challenged at any moment. Mm. But you do have... Um, everywhere on Earth, there are these holograms of the sort of, like, puppet state of Earth encouraging people to be subdued because, like, what's wrong with the morally challenged? Remember, demon can be an offensive term. The first them as mortally challenged. 
it seemed to me to be like two fingers up a social justice warriors kind of thing like look at what a stupid way of thinking this is because look this is obviously literally hell on earth <laughs> maybe i'm wrong and i haven't read anything from the developers i did do a quick google and there are other people that have thought this as well so i'm definitely not alone oh well, i don't really i haven't had time to reflect on it but my gut instinct is that's mental <laughs> probably not the appropriate response given the subject <laughs> that you just raised no <laughs> but, no at, at no point did i think this is an allegory for anything and in fact that's one of the reasons i especially enjoyed it is it was just so batshit crazy it was so far removed from anything that could plausibly have had any kind of message whatsoever that i really enjoyed that and getting lost in it and it felt more like escapism than a lot of games do actually mm. yeah and and for the most part it really is like that it's just that one little little plot point but there's not like loads of speech in the game like your ai talks to you there's this like dr samuel hayden who talks to you a bit another character the khan maker who's like your nemesis yeah i mean he's not really a doctor is he? he's a disembodied sort of machine thing yeah he used to be a doctor back when he had a body <laughs> we uh we don't know how to access his main cortex it's all alien we couldn't figure it out we have to uh prepare for his careful extraction we were given specific orders. His life signal is barely readable. You speak to his, like, robot corpse. <laughs> and obviously the enemies aren't talking to you because none of them can speak their demons. But there are these holograms which do constantly go on in this refrain. And I just thought, hmm, I think one of the writers thought this would be a funny and clever parallel between, like, political correctness gone mad but it's just really misjudged, really misjudged. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's my take on it anyway. Right. Well, my take is that that sounds like political correctness. It's gone mad. mad. I knew I, 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 I think that only people who would draw that parallel are people looking for detrimental parallels. No, no. Uh, like, if it was a mistake, it's still poorly judged. Like, if it was a mistake, it's still poorly judged. Art's there to be analysed. But you're extrapolating from one line. One phrase, which sounds like another phrase. No, no, it's not just that one phrase. That's the main one I can remember. It, uh, it's not like that. It's not an obvious parallel, though, is it? It's not something that you would read and be like, oh, my God, immediate. Well, I mean, you've just described that it is literally that. But I'm not looking for things to critique. It's there to be critiqued. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm reading too deeply into it. The other bit was, like I said, like the melting pot of Earth. Like, what does that make you think of? Like, when people talk about melting pots. <laughs> Cooking and shit. No way. Are you kidding? I mean, in the context that you've now teed up, obviously other ideas are coming to mind, but none mm. of that context exists in the game. It does. But okay. Well, I like to operate from the sort of perspective that you attribute the best possible intention to people mm, me too me too right but then i don't think reading that phrase you can confidently and comfortably say you're attributing the best intention if your subtext that you're reading into it is that there's like a negative attack no 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 i'm not hey uh, i didn't say that like i'm not passing judgment i'm just exploring like hmm that analysis seems there to be made because of the words that are used i wonder what the writer's intentions were behind those words. I'd be interested to hear them and to explore that. It's not an attack. 
the game as a whole, like it's just a romp. Like there's no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just feel it would be weird to read too much into it. I mean, at one stage you literally, if there is a spoiler, this is it. At one stage you'd literally destroy Mars effortlessly. That's just all yeah, in yeah. a day's work for the Doomslayer. <laughs> so you can't just shoot a hole into the surface of Mars. Would you like me to disable the safety protocols? Since we're talking about mortally challenged demons, I guess. Demons. Or whatever we are. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of the challenges in the game? Were you able to find all the hidden secrets? Did you manage to get into the Slayer gates and track down the keys? I did maybe like one third of the Slayer gates. A few of them I just didn't. I didn't do them because I was already a bit bored. Yeah, I was already a bit bored, so I didn't want to extend the experience. Uh, the ones I did, they were fun, yeah. What, and you're telling me that the promise of like flashy new outfits from your home base <laughs> wasn't enough to excite you? Yeah, that is. <laughs> that is what I'm telling you. Uh, finding the secrets was fun for the same reason the jumping puzzles were fun. Is that like it was a nice little respite from the combat where I could like look around and see like, oh look, there's a little shiny up there or. Maybe I can get in there. I like secrets in games. How about you? Yeah, I'm the same. For me, it was like every time I got a glimpse of like a spinning helmet with a one over it, which was the one up extra life signal. Immediately, I couldn't leave the area until I'd figured it out, which was really annoying at times because some of them I just couldn't figure out. And I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna have to leave. Mm. (laughs) And also sometimes I felt... Because mostly when you're in an area, everything that's to be unlocked in that area can be unlocked in that area. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you'll get a glimpse of something and you'll spend ages wandering around the area trying to figure out how to unlock it. Then you'll leave and it'll just be like a corridor from the place you're about to go into. I found that a bit annoying. Yeah. Another very gamey thing. You you pick up key cards in the game to access through different doors. It's not immediately obvious that, that it's locked in that way. Like it looks like, oh, maybe if I just find my way around it i'll be able to get there but actually it's just like you have to come back later yeah exactly and the same with at some stage in the game they introduce green buttons that you start pushing Mm. and they're not there for the first part of the game and then i remember getting stuck for ages in this outside area to then find a green button just on a pillar and i pushed a pillar and it just unlocked a load of doors that i was looking for other ways of unlocking (laughs) but i mean in some ways I don't know whether that's me being an idiot because the game is never that clever. Like, it's never giving you something that's super hard. Yeah. So if I'm struggling that much, it probably is just a sort of mechanical failure in terms of, like, directing me in the right way. I mean, it's still, don't get me wrong, it's still a problem with the game, not me. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. No, you're, you're right. I think that is... Ah, it's just that sweet spot that you were talking about between, like, not too hard and too easy it's it's hard to get that isn't it and like sometimes some players aren't going to see that one button sometimes yeah what can you do i i I have the same thing what did you think of because you hardly ever actually see humans in the whole game but when you do they react to you in such an amazing way like it's laughable i genuinely was laughing out loud (laughs) especially there's one moment when you grab a guy's control pass from his lanyard around his neck and like everyone's backing away from you as you enter this room and you need to get through this locked door and they're classically doing that thing of being like you can't come through here and they've got their guns and stuff and then you just start walking towards them and they just back off and like part for you 
even though you're not threatening them at all, they just like are shit scared of you. And then you realize it's locked, and you walk to this guy, like one of these computer nerds, tapping away on his computer, and you just grab his lanyard for his neck and wheel him on his wheelie chair across the whole floor <laughs> to the locked door where the guards are still like parted for you to unlock yeah. it. Man alive, I wanted to just like turn that into a gif immediately. Yeah, that was a funny moment. And then you go up the elevator and you can hear the guards being like, I'm not scared of the Slayer. <laughs> yeah. If he comes in here, I'm going to show... Oh, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm serious. That guy doesn't scare me. I'd like to see him try. You just grab the guy's gun and like go down the lift. Yeah, that's like yeah, Max funny. Payne level jokes, that is. Yeah. It's him. Go get him. No, wait. You go get him. You go and get him. It's that kind of game. Like, you press a button to go up on a lift and you'll fall five stories down to the bottom. Like constantly things are happening like that. Like, you know that if you're trying to do something, something's going to go wrong and stop you from doing it, but it won't even matter. Like all the time. Oh yeah. I mean, of what plot there is, it's basically track down three hell priests. You get the first one in the first five minutes. And I was genuinely like, wow, this is going to be a short game. And then like, (laughs) obviously every step to the other hell priests is like fraught with difficulties and everywhere you think they are they're not for some reason or first you need to find a locator or then when you kill the final hell priest they're like oh actually you still need to get the icon of sin and so then you're like oh god i gotta do this other shit yeah if you had let the culling continue the human race you fight to protect would have survived now i will resurrect the icon of sin he will devour Earth and leave your home world in ruins. So, right, before we wrap, it wouldn't be an episode of Pixel Vision without a little chat about the music. Come on then. Oh my god, it's brutal. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's not the kind of music that I listen to of a normal day, but it is completely appropriate for the game and definitely, like, it G's you up, doesn't it? Massively, when you're fighting. Yeah, it's like they're pumping adrenaline direct into my veins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I felt like I was on a drip, basically, a musical mm. drip. <laughs> it's quite a nice image. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Pertinent image, not particularly pleasant. Yeah. It did exactly what needed to be done while playing that game. It's an onslaught from the moment you start to the moment you stop. But that means that as a result, it's fucking exhausting. I could only ever play it for about an hour and a half at a time before I was like, oh, do you know what? I'm just a bit like worn out. So many things about this game we did opposite. This is one of the only ones which I binged because it was over Christmas. So I did one day where I played like six and a half hours, I think. Really? Which is the longest binge I've done in a while, yeah. And you didn't even love it? Mostly I'd just do a level and then stop. And even on that day, like, I did a level, stopped, did a level, stopped, did a level. Yeah. But there was a moment when we were playing board games when uh, at the very beginning one of my mates was like, oh, so what did you think of Doom Eternal? And I didn't want to give any spoilers. But then I was like, oh, yeah, it's a good kind of thing. Or I said, I've spent a long time in it or something, and Taylor was like, oh, my God, is that how long it takes to play the campaign? 
and I knew straight away he had not been enjoying it. I knew you'd know. I knew you knew, yeah. That was at the height of my, like, fuck me, I don't want to play this game. But, it, it, I mean, you can tell from what I've said, but it did vastly improve from those first three hours, for sure. Did it improve enough that you'd be tempted to buy the uh, DLC called The Ancient Gods Part 1? No, no, So sir. definitely not part two, which I assume comes <laughs> subsequently. No, but I would read a little bit more lore, maybe. I don't know why I got so into the lore. <laughs> Something about it made me want, like, to know more about what... I, it's I reckon you... it's how little of it there is. Yes, it is that. It was that. There's so little that it was like, oh, I do actually have to, like, properly read this. And then once I started, it's like I was reading a book. Nice. All right, cool. Well, that's Doom Eternal. Let's not talk about it eternally. Let's definitely not talk about it eternally. Next game. Oh, baby. Coming up on Pixel Vision. What is... Uh, what are we playing? Teo's trying to remember what we're playing. We are playing, Teo. Desperados 3. Ah, Desperados 3. Desperados 3. Sick. From uh, the same, well, sequel to the old Commandos style real-time tactics games set in the Wild West and by the same studio uh, that brought us... Commandos and Shadow Tactics. Shadow Tactics, Blade of the Shoguns. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh my God. I loved that game. Should I have even said that before next week or is that a bit of a spoiler? I think it's fine for you to say you love, love a game. I mean, you know, people know we love these kind of games, so... Yeah, yeah, that's true. Love most games. We do, we do love most games. Not Death Stranding, but... Uh, <laughs> if you are interested in um, in Shadow Tactics, you can actually read a review of that on our website. Not just there for links to our podcast, but indeed there are a few written reviews there too. Yeah, good plug, good plug. Good, relevant plug. I'll allow it. Thanks. Thanks, Dad. Not that I have any control over the edit. <laughs> Alrighty. Nice. Yeah, you know, right, get the cheek of this, right, listeners. Teo goes to me, I know you're in control of the Twitter feed, but it's not just an excuse for you to, like, pan me. You didn't link the game that I won on Board Game Arena. <laughs> yeah, because that was insane. We played three games of Welcome To. Like, your brother won the first one, I won the second one, and then you won the third one, and he just tweeted that out like it was the only game. And you were like, at least your, fe- at least your co-host Teo came in second. It's like, mate, I just literally won the last game, and I came second in the first game. My, like, uh, score average is better. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, putting all the work in on the on the social media. Yeah, no, no, you deserve it. Uh, also, you did you did get a big score that game, probably the biggest one I see. Yeah, hundred eight. Who cares? No, it's like hundred nine, <laughs> wasn't it? Maybe hundred nine. If you can't have written down, you just look at your notes. Check the Twitter feed, guys. Twitter.com. <laughs> <laughs> all right, enough <laughs> plugs now. Enough plugs now. <laughs> Too many plugs. All righty. Well, we can do one more take if you want. Uh, yeah. I think let's do one more take. Oh, here he comes. Two take, Teo. Two take, Teo. Two take, Teo.